Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Wait, are, you, are we in? Are we in? Are we live? Are we? I mean, we're not live. We're not live, but, but, but we're recording. But, but, okay, we're recording. We are recording. Welcome back, guys. Episode forty. Yes. Of men know nothing. My name is Dan. My name is Dwayne. And uh, here to bring you the unqualified, unasked for advice that you never ask for on a daily basis. I don't think that's how you said it the last no, time. No, I think it was, slight, it was slightly different. It was slightly, <laughs> slightly different. different. You, get the picture. You, yeah, you, you get the fucking picture. Welcome back, people. Mm. If you're here again, thank <coughs> you. Which you are. I'm sure there are more of you every every single week. Even yeah. only one or two of you. We appreciate We appreciate you. We and appreciate if you're you new, tuning in. If you're new. Strap in. Welcome. It's going to be a fucking good one. Maybe. Um, Dan's taking the reins in this one. I am taking the reins today, mate. So we're excited. But before we start, though, please get onto our social media platforms. We've got Instagram. We've got TikTok. TikTok. We've got YouTube. YouTube. We've got Facebook. Facebook. And give us five stars on Spotify. Yeah. And if you can... Give us five stars on Apple as well. If you can, just where you are at the moment, do us a favor and just like... Just just like this, wherever you're listening to. It'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Just so we can keep feeding this dog. Yes. And we'll give you a, we'll give you eight seconds in this episode. Go on, go for it. And we're back. Fuck, sometimes it's so like human the way he stares. Hello. <laughs> um so mate, today's episode. Today's did, episode. Um, I've been listening to quite a few podcasts recently. Ooh. And fucking hell, so much hair. There is so much hair. This is out. This that's actually a lot of hair. On mate, your nah. All right, get off. <laughs> get off. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, I'm done. There's actually so much. Oh my god. Maybe I need to get him a haircut. Jesus. Do, don't you not have that thing where you like you brush him? Yeah, but that doesn't really work. I'm wow. That that's like that's as much as me when I shaved it a couple of days ago. Um, <laughs> no, sit, sit. Yeah, he doesn't fucking don't sit. sit. There we sit. go. Let you listen to that. Oh wow! Because oh, yeah. <laughs> he's scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's episode, I've been listening to a couple of podcasts lately, okay. and I've been listening to more about like dating trauma. And I guess what I mean by that is what it's like when you date someone when you have issues yourself, and potentially what that can look like. So, I guess the first question I want to ask you: Have you? ever noticed tendencies about yourself that you've seen in relationships because of things that you've been through that you've been able to identify as ah, okay I react like that because of this have I, I like a child with this cup have I seen ask the question again have I have you ever seen areas of yourself yeah in dating where yeah. something has happened and you're like ah, okay I can see my reaction came from something like this Yes. Like what? <laughs> Just like yes. Yeah, let's give an example. Next this, question. This, this will be the uh, Instagram clip, what it is. Um, you don't have to answer it, but it'll be no, good No, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of one that's like maybe quite recent. <laughs> well, I like that. That's impressive. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I, Nothing else I do is that impressive. <laughs> that, is, that is a great skill. Um, right. Some sucking dick. But, oh. <laughs> Put me in the spot here. Mate, this is what we do. I think probably my inability to accept love okay. is probably one thing that's that I realize now stems from childhood trauma. 
I think when I look back at past relationships where I wasn't either able to give the love or either accept the love, mm. now that I've done the work, I've realized, okay, I now understand why that is. And that's because probably when I was a child, like my dad was, wasn't in my life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I guess subconsciously growing up and going through different relationships, I have been put in positions where someone wanted to give me love and someone wanted to be with me. But for some reason, I was unable to accept it. And I think that's because there's a part of me, and even still to this day, feels as if I don't deserve to be loved. Mm. And I think because of the experience I had with, or the lack of experience and lack of relationship I had with my dad, that then then traveled into into adulthood. And I find that whenever someone is there for me and wants to do the most for me, I will then kind of be a little bit standoffish. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's also part of the reason why I guess my one of my love languages is acts of service mm. because I don't expect much from people. Um, I'm, I'm like the type of person that will do everything and anything on my own. And if I ask you for help, that's mm-hmm. when, that's either when I'm desperate and need the help or that's when I'm like actively trying to, I guess, fix the trauma by reaching out to someone for help in whatever way it is. So when I'm, whenever my love language is acts of service, it's because it's me trying to, I guess, fix that trauma by accepting help from people, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that would probably be the the one thing from trauma that has then stemmed into relationships. The inability okay. to sometimes not be able to accept the love from people. I think that there are I think there are people who are really good at, I guess, taking their past experiences and I guess what I mean by that is taking their past experiences and, you know, constructing a narrative to kind of excuse bad behaviour. Mm-hmm. So as an example, I think that let's say you've had like daddy issues or mummy issues and, mm. and stuff like that and you weren't held enough as a kid or you were bullied a lot i think that sometimes in relationships dating friendships you can get in situations where you don't do something that's conducive to that relationship but you blame it on a previous experience and so for that yeah you allow yourself the excuse to get away with things like that yeah 100 and i think that was like the main area of where I was trying to focus on is that, you know, are there any negative things that you have done? Cause I know from my experience, you know, where, um, oh, yeah. I would be like self-defensive when it comes to handling arguments because my back was put against the wall. So my first instinct was to gaslight someone mm. or to, you know, blame it on them or to flip the situation on them. And it's only from understanding that where I've been like, okay, I, I understand why that is an issue. And I think on the other on the other hand, why that's really powerful is that if you're dating someone extremely empathetic and who's really understanding, there's really no end to that bottomless pit that you'll go down for that person. Mm. You'll always be there to make excuses for them. Oh, that's okay. They've just been through this. They've been through that. And I think they, they, they've just been through this or no, they're going through that. So I think being that person, because I've been on both sides of it, and I think being that person, it comes to like building potentially new boundaries or standards for yourself mm. when it comes to dating. 
and being in a relationships. Yeah, I do think um, there's a level of experience that you have whenever it's traumatic. And then, for example, if you're in a relationship with someone and you know that they've gone through this, then you almost excuse it. But mm. I also don't think that people people who have gone through trauma should be able to use their shitty behavior as a reason for them treating, I guess, their partner in a certain way and then mm-hmm. their partner accepting it. It's like you can understand, or maybe not even understand, but you can empathize with the fact that they've been through this and that's not well, how the way they react. But it also doesn't excuse maybe shitty behavior because well, yeah, some people have You been, can understand you don't have to agree. That's yeah, the yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, not, not agree, but like excuse it. Yeah, I think you can understand it and empathize, but I don't think it's an excuse for shitty behavior well, because yeah. because there's so many people in this world that have been through so much shit mm. and they aren't dickheads, you know what I mean? Mm. And that's because they've probably more than likely actively sought after maybe fixing and understanding where it all stems <laughs> from. So I think there's there's like a dichotomy there or a balance. A what? A dichotomy. What's that? It's like a balance. Oh, yeah. Nice. There's You've a balance. Yeah. Oh, very nice. um, there's like a balance that you have to find between, okay, you've been through this, I understand, and I can empathize with what you're going through, but also it's not a, it's not an excuse to be mm. treating me this way because that's not my fault, you know what mm. I mean? And then it's also up to you as a person, if you're in a partnership, to then also call your partner out on their shitty behavior that you know is stemming from trauma and like create a space where your partner will feel comfortable enough to talk about it, but also not just talk about it, but try and put your partner in a position to where they're going to take action and actually try to fix it Mm. instead of just constantly talking about it or instead of just constantly acting out because of the trauma, because then you'll just be going around in a circle and then at some point you're going to have to be held accountable for not, I guess, helping your partner push forward in sort of a action over words kind of way. 100% it can be really hard for the person dating that person who's just always there for them and empathizing because yeah like you know there is if if you don't have basically the balls to stand to stand up and put your foot down for a situation you're always just going to be walked over yeah and I know people and have heard stories about people in these relationships where they excuse every single thing of that person's behavior because of like they want to be sensitive towards their situation yeah and I just don't think I think there's a very careful line you have to look at when you are so empathetic and are so understanding Yeah. because that's a rabbit hole that can just never end. Yeah, exactly. And I think when it comes to trauma, um, mainly so from childhood, a lot of people think that trauma is all about, I guess, the things that happened to you as a child, mm. but also trauma comes from things that didn't happen and things that you needed. So, for example... um if you're a child and your parents just completely <clears throat> was physically abusive to you, for example, that is hundred percent trauma. But then also if you're a child and your parents didn't, I guess, show you enough love, even though they weren't physically abusive and they provided for you um, financially, they provided for you um, in all the sense of the, of the, I guess the world would say in terms of materialistic wise they provided but they didn't show you that love that is a trauma that a child is going to experience because they never got the love they needed nothing Mm. nothing per se bad happened Mm. but the good that was supposed to happen didn't happen spectrum yeah there's just 
There's quit trying to finish. You always do this. You're just like always trying to finish my thoughts. I can't help it. I can see where it's you going. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm try- yeah, I'm, try- I'm like, it's like I'm like emphasizing your point. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because you, I'm like, yeah, that's a and then you always great. get it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> just like, and it's just because it's a spectrum. No, it's not a spectrum. <laughs> it wasn't a spectrum. Where are you just, getting I'll spectrum just, from? I'll just, I'll just shut up. I'll just, I'll just shut up. Yeah, so it's it's trauma also comes from the bad, but also comes from the lack of not actually experiencing the things you're supposed to experience. Yeah. For example, you can you can cause someone pain by hitting them, but you can also cause someone pain by not giving them water. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you're hitting them physically. That's going to cause them pain. That's trauma. But you can also cause them trauma by taking away something that they need. Yeah. yeah. And like, like love or caring or stuff exactly like that. Exactly yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah, I like think... There you go. There you go. And um, so I think that's also a sign. So if if people are so if there's people listening to this who are maybe going through trauma and they can't think of a time in their childhood where something I guess crazy happened or something that would would be counted as traumatic happened in quotes. Also look at your experiences as a child and think, okay, what didn't happen? What didn't happen to my parents? What didn't happen to my family members? What didn't happen to my cousins? And then that can maybe help you understand kind of your cha- your adulthood now and why you may be the way you are, I think. That's what I've realized mm. for me anyway. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I think that... I think that when you don't handle those situations, you can build resentment for the other person. Mm. And again, that's something that you have to deal with yourself. Like resentment is something you build. And something that you like build over time. And when you do find yourself having resentment for someone, I think it does really come down to you building a level of new standards and boundaries in your life. Yeah. To really be able to move through those things. Because if you don't, it's, it's just always going to happen. And I think the more you get into the habit of dealing with uncomfortable situations, the more you get comfortable with dealing with it, you know, and the better these situations come. And sometimes it does come to just cutting people out of your life. You know, cutting people out that aren't going to be conducive, aren't going to grow with you aren't going to understand you. And I think it comes down to the whole like chemistry versus compatibility. Compatibility doesn't mean being the same, but it means being in the same mindset of wanting to grow with that person and understand each other to a deeper level and being able to grow with each other. You know? I agree. Bars. I agree. That's some serious bars. I was impressed with that. Thanks, mate. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> I agree in that point. I think, like you said, compatibility, compatibility is all about i guess where the both of you are in life because you cannot obviously meet someone you could be on a journey of self-discovery and and Mm. trying to fix all those traumas that you've been through throughout your lifetime and you can meet an amazing person who who probably has traumas as well but what you've realized after spending time with them is that they're not in a place in life where they're trying to deal with it Mm. and then that is all then then that is obviously then shown in the way that they communicate yeah um the way that they date the way that they even carry themselves in whatever relationship that you may be having and sometimes that's just the red flag that you need it's like okay this is an amazing person yeah but the compatibility is not there because they are not at a point in life where they're now willing to work on those things in order for this relationship to grow mm. um, in in parallel with each other. And then you just have to cut your losses, I think, in that case. I think building those kind of like standards and building those like boundaries and stuff like that, you're going to go through some level of uncomfortability. Is that a word, uncomfortability? Yeah, we'll go with it. Um, 
there will be a time where you're going to feel uncomfortable, but I think it's like building a new habit. I remember reading like Atomic Habits. Have you read that book before? Um, I've read some of it. Not it's really it. good. It's a really, really good book about like how you build habits, how long it takes to build a new habit. Mm. Anyway, whenever you build it, I think it's like it takes a certain amount of time. It's like discipline comes first and the motivation comes later. Yeah. If you wait to feel motivated to do something, you'll never do something. When you first put in a new habit or you put in a new boundary or a new standard, you're always going to go through this level of uncomfortability where it's going to be easier to go back and fall back on the thing you're used to doing. When you do that, just, just fight through that for a little bit longer and just fight against the grain a bit more and try and do those habits for a few more days. Mm. And after a while, you'll see the reward you'll get from it. And that's where motivation kicks in. Yeah, 100%. Because whenever you try and set a new standard in a relationship or a boundary where you forgive them one more time, you go, no, no, I'm going to do this now. And you go, oh, just, it'll be so much easier just to not have this argument or yeah. just not have this conversation. It's all right. That, that's the moment where you're like a fork in the road. Yeah, it's those little one percenters like you've talked mm. about, like the guy, the guy, Ned Brockman, that just ran from Perth to it's outrageous. Perth to Bondi. It's unbelievable. It's like 100k per day he was yeah. doing something yeah, absolutely was, insane for 4000k <clears throat> but um <clears throat> he talked about in a podcast how when he was doing it how he started to have to mentally break it down in terms of like per, like percentages so obviously if he's in 100k a day in his head then in the same way you're talking about just doing little small bits in terms of discipline he was saying he would then have to cut it down into like segments. So instead of thinking I have to do 100K, you'd say, okay, I have to do 250Ks. And then instead of saying 250Ks, like, okay, I have to do 20, like 425s. Yeah. And then he cut it down and okay, I have to do five 5Ks to get to 25K. And then he'd start to cut out in 1K. And after he was like, okay, I'm just need to do 1K. And then once he does that 1K, oh my goodness, just one more K. And then I'm finally 50K. And then he's like, okay. I just need to do another 50, whatever, whatever. And when you start breaking stuff down like that in terms of discipline, when it comes to even holding people accountable um, in a partnership and talking about the issues that you're having, it all is about just do it in small segments. There's yeah. no point putting yourself in a position where you're going to start talking about the the most intense aspect of, I guess, mm -hmm. your partner's trauma or your own. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, what are the small bits like, I'm unable to stand up for myself. Why is that? Mm. Let's start with the small things. And then in terms of standing up for yourself, what could you do on a day-to-day -day basis where you stand up for yourself? For example, if you're in the line in a, in this, in a supermarket and you've noticed that someone pushed past you, like, that's a bit where you should be like, hey, by the way, sorry, but I was, I was here first. And I'm, you obviously probably just yeah. didn't see the line. That's like something where you've put, your, you've put yourself in a position yeah. awkwardly to step out of your comfort zone and stand up for yourself. Yeah. And then once you've done that, you're like, oh, okay. That person, that yeah, that person reacted pretty well. Yeah. And it's the same way when if you're someone who's not great at talking to people. It's like just saying hello to someone in the coffee shop. How are you? They'll be mm. like, oh, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Boom. Conversation done. Carry yeah, on with your day. Just the one percenters. The little one percenters. And then flipping it back to then the trauma thing. It's like, what are those little traumas that i have that i could maybe try to fix day to day and again it comes with discipline and realizing that this is something that needs to be fixed in order for me to bring my best self mm. to my friendships my romantic relationships and even professional relationships as well work yeah. colleagues it all stems from the foundation that we were children but it's crazy how much 
it then actually affects us in adulthood even to the point that some people have had the trauma so so long they don't they just think it's normal yeah yeah 100%. like the thoughts that they have the things that they do the way they react they just think oh this is what this is what life is i know people like that yeah this is just normal like mm. i'm supposed to react this way mm. and when people call them out they're like what like what are you talking about this is this is how you're yeah. supposed to react to the situation but it's not yeah when you actually speak to people yeah yeah i think that i did that in the initial stages of like my current relationship um i was like had these moments of like previous issues that i would be dealing with and you know I'd potentially want to like run the other way mm. and it just came down to me just like taking a breather and just being like well these are the reasons why i feel like this mm. this is where this is coming from it's nothing to do with that person they're showing me all positive signs yes i'm just like terrified by all the all these positive signs <laughs> and i'm not used to feeling like this so this must be heading somewhere bad yeah so let's like run the other way and I think I voiced that to them as well. It's an avoidance I, thing. I was like, I just want to let you know I'm feeling like this, but it's not because of you, it's because of me. Mm. But it's something I am like actively working on. And then progressively, it, it you know went down and you know it's it's almost, well, yeah, it's non, non-existent now. Yeah. But it took like me, first of all, I just wanted to tell them just to be open about it. Me just being like, cool, this is the feeling I'm getting. Where's it coming from? Why am I getting it? What is the actual feeling? What are the fears I'm having? Mm. You know, because quite often when you have fears, it's just based on the unknown. It's just based on situations that you've made up in your head that might not even happen yeah and that's where all anxiety comes from it's just fear of something that may never happen yeah which is crazy when you think about it because you always look at a situation and you're like what's the worst thing that can happen yeah. but instead you never go what's the best thing that can happen yeah the brain just automatically goes it, to the negative straight away yeah. straight away yeah and so it's so interesting when you do start having these fears and it, it's weird when someone's like look Tomorrow, it's not going to seem as bad. And it's true. You get to this point, you're like, fuck, what was I worrying about? Really, that situation was not as bad. I remember with my ex, when I broke up with her, I went to work. It was my first day, my second day at my job that I'm at now. I had like a massive panic attack. I left, thought, fuck, I can't concentrate. Because I can't concentrate, I'm going to lose my job. If I lose this job, what if I don't get another one? Mm. If I don't get another one, I can't pay rent. If I can't pay rent, I'm going to be homeless. If I'm homeless, what? And I was like, fucking hell, this is how the fuck have I got <laughs> You're on the street to be homeless just because I've broken up with someone? Yeah. I was like, this is insane. This is just absolutely insane. Yeah. And so it does just, you know, come down to like repeat and repetition, you know, building those muscles of when something happens, it's like stop, reflect, and, you know, understand the situation. Like, you're probably not going to be homeless. You've just been through a breakup and, yeah. that, and that's fine and you'll, you'll get over it and shit fucking moves on. Um, but it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how much the amount of experiences we have in life with us positive and negative. And yet it only takes like a tiny thing to happen in life for us, for all the negatives just to flow through into our whole being. It's like you've lived such a long life. Well, not long in the grand scheme of things, but you've lived here for 30 years. And if you think of all the good things that have happened, they're probably like more good than there have been bad, but yet yeah. whenever whenever we're caught in a situation of like, for example, you breaking up your ex or whatever, whenever you were caught in a situation, all the bad things and all the bad thoughts happen and think instead of going back and thinking, holy shit, like 
this could actually turn out well. Look at yeah. all look at all this. I've come to Australia. Yeah. Come to Australia. Yeah. I've got a great job. I've moved to Bondi. I've loads of good friends. I live by the beach. I've make good money. I do this. I do that. I do that. I've yeah. got a nice girlfriend. Like you can name off 30, 50, 60 things that have happened to you that have been good over the last five years. And maybe you could probably name like 10 bad things, like really bad things, probably less. But yet the bad things are the things that you see like well humans and the both of us just seem to always hold on to and always seem to control our thoughts and the way we react and it's just like mm. it's bloody hard to fix it yeah it's bloody hard to fix it it's it just comes down to like again just repeating those like mental actions to like help you through those situations so you don't always go to like the negative or you don't always go to like the most stressful time or yeah. you don't always overthink things and it's it definitely it's like twofold people always say it's easier said than done but yeah but like if you do it then it also becomes easier you know and it's like you know one day also starts with day one so you know i think when people do say that oh, it's easier said than done that might be the case but saying that you're just excusing that behavior and it's just like, instead of doing that, maybe you can understand that it's hard to do, but also you just have to start doing it and then it will be easier. Yeah. hundred percent. Fucking lazy bastards. It is easier said than done though. <laughs> just like everything. Exactly. I can know. Talk, like, talk, walk the walk. Exactly. You know, everything's hard, but like at one point you didn't know how to do your job. At yeah. one point you didn't know how to talk to people. At one point you probably didn't know how to shag. Yeah. And it just took repetition and understanding and a lot of porn. And <laughs> uh, and you man, you managed to get there. And now you at least last a solid three and a half minutes. You that's, know? that's good. That's Which good is going. good, you know? Two and a half minutes foreplay. Yeah. Um, I've just lost train of thought. <laughs> you Mate, just started talking we just, about we just porn. Been talking about, I mean, we are sitting on the casting couch. Uh, this couch is not for casting, really? but I think we'll What's be good. What's the stains? Uh, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, what, uh, that's usually what what, uh, what they call it. They call it ice cream. Um, yeah, I think one thing we should maybe talk about is like how, what are some pillars in which you can use in order to, I guess, battle your your traumatic. Ex- I guess battle against your traumatic experiences when you're in relationships. I think uh, number one's probably go to therapy. I have like a, I'm trying to like put this in a eloquent sentence. Oh God, eloquent. I have a lack of, not empathy. I have a lack of care for people that continuously just talk about shit that they've been through. Mm-hmm. because in my mind if you don't understand how to process situations and you can't move through those situations whatever time period you got caused that pain you'll just be stuck in that forever yeah and so people that consistently just talk about why they're there and the issues that they're going through and all the stuff they've been through it's like the world keeps moving yeah the days keep going life is going to move on you are only getting older and only having less time we're all moving closer to death day by day yeah and so there's a maybe it's not a level of empathy because i do have empathy but it's just like a level of sack the fuck up and just carry on Mm. and like i have an understanding for people but it's like 
work through it, do the things you need to do. I think it comes down to maybe dealing with people who just, I think this is what it is. It Dealing with people who just talk about wanting to do it versus people no, who are actually, actually doing, doing it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, mate, all you, the, just the move through it. You, you've now spent enough time on this. You should be able to move at least a step closer to where you want to be. But if you're still in the same situation six months down the line, you're not fucking doing anything. Yeah, it's I agree. It's boring. I agree. I and, think, and I don't have time for it. I don't care. There is, there are too many good things and good conversations and amazing experiences I want to have. I don't care. Especially if you, especially if you're the, a friend of someone who's like that, and then you're the one that has to is the, uh, and you're the one that they are always coming to with the same conversations. Mm. I think, as you said, there is a level of empathy that you have, but then also if you're having the same rep repetitive conversations and there doesn't seem to be any progress it's yeah. like okay man like i'm happy enough to be there for you but i don't get the vibe that you're actually putting in no. the work that you say you're putting in because every time we talk it's the same conversation it's nothing that's being improved and you understand that there can be five steps forward and ten steps back it happens but if it's the same conversation it's just like you're not obviously helping yourself and you can't expect a different result if you keep doing the exact same thing. Only a fool will do that. You know what I mean? Also, if you look at the situation, that person says, I have been putting in the work and they're still in the same, same situation in six months' time. Well, you go, well, what work have you been putting in? Mm. How, how, how is that possible that you've been doing all this work and are still in the exact same situation? How? How is that possible? If you've actually been doing all these things and really been taking it in, it's like the difference of reading a book and understanding a book. Mm. Are you just like, are you just hearing the words I'm saying or are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's the difference. And it's like, for that, I just get very bored very quickly and I can't be fucked. Yeah. And there's a, there's a certain level of threshold that I have. And so, yeah, when you're saying what are one of the pillars, it's just like, you know, I guess to put it in one simple line, get the fuck through it and carry on. And that's all you can do as a person. That's all anyone can do. Learn quick, learn fast, fail fast and move forward. That's it. Maybe not fast. Go at your own pace. <laughs> I think. <laughs> like fail, like, you know, just like fail. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think fucking I fail, which is fine. That's I think you'll feel, yeah, 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 fail it. That's, that's, but that's like fail and learn, fail and learn, fail and learn. Yeah. Like every success looks like failure until you succeed. Mm. Yeah. But that that's literally what being successful is with whatever you want to do. Everything will look type look like failure mm. until it's successful. You know? I think one's also going to therapy as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people to, yeah, need to it. And I guess like some people just it's quite expensive and some people can't afford it. Um but if you're in Australia Medicare actually provides you with, I think, maybe 10 free sessions. I think not being able to afford it and not wanting to afford it again are two very yeah. different things. And again, like, life is all about what you prioritize. If you yeah. can't afford therapy, yet you're going out in the weekend and spending $150 in alcohol you're and a bag cigs, and you're drugs. You're buying weed, you're buying gear, you're and buying, you're buying and you're like... You're, buying, you're like, you're spending money on shit that you don't need. Then it's yeah. like, shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, you can afford it. You're just not prioritizing it's not prioritize, yeah, exactly. where you put your money there's a, you've always got money it's just whatever you're willing to spend on it but i do think like therapy is a very important place to be because i think a lot of people forget that their friends aren't their therapists and your friends know you quite well so your friends are probably i would say seven or eight times out of ten will be somewhat biased with the kind of information they give you because one, they're not therapists, so they may give you advice based on their experiences, but then they also may give you advice based on how they know you. And they may be 
and depending on how you accept advice, like do you, are you do you accept like the nice advice where you kind of you're more understanding, your friends more understand, or do you accept the real life? Okay, you need to get your shit together. If your friend then understands that. I think that can also be detrimental to like the advice they give you. That's why I think going to professional mm. nine times out of ten is better because there is going to be unbiased. There's going to be professional. And theirs is going to be coming from a place of like, okay, I've, I know, I've heard this from thousands of patients, and this is the best way to go about it. So I think going to therapy to try and fix those traumas, understand those traumas, and understand how to move forward is going to be, I think, the best, the best way. Yeah. In my opinion, some Spanish for you. Oh, thanks, mate. You're welcome. Vegeta por favor. Omelet du fromage. That's French. That's French, mate. Yeah. I'm speaking Spanish. Sorry, man. I um talking about trauma and stuff like that. Would you date someone who is fresh out of a relationship? Don't give me you're What's give fresh? Me some like eloquent answer. Here. <laughs> What's fresh? Just give me raw. What's fresh? Within five months or so. Four four, five months. Yeah. I I would say no. Yeah. I, I, would. I would say no. I think that I think there's a lot of potential, and this was fell into the whole trauma thing. Not like can blatant. I explain why? Okay, you ask the question, then okay. you're just answering the you're question. You're gonna look like such a good guy, and then I'm gonna come in looking like a wanker. No, no, I think I think what it comes down to is what it, what the relationship was that they came out of. For instance, you could meet someone who was four months fully broken up with their last partner, whatever. But then what I find with a lot of women in particular is that whenever they, especially if it's like a long-term relationship, what I find is that women will fully mentally and emotionally and psychologically check out out of a relationship months, months before there's actually that physical split of like okay i'm moving out or we're not no longer publicly official whatever i find a lot of women will fully check out mentally before they actually leave so i think that's why if for example if i met a girl who's like five months out of relationship like it wouldn't really be a massive deal to me because once we've had the conversation about oh what happened with your ex blah, 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 i'll kind of decipher what this the deal was and then also based on their energy and how they come across when they talk about it, like you can also gauge where they are. I don't think you should really like cut people. I was like, nah, she's just out of a relationship five months. There's no way in the hell I'm being with her. But then also if you have the conversation, okay, what happened? Yeah, well, it sounds like she checked out five months before she actually broke up. I think in general, I probably would avoid dating people who are fresh out of a relationship. I think, Why? I think the reason for that is there can be wounds that you may not be able to see that they may not be able to see that they haven't dealt with. Yeah. And no matter how much someone can describe to you where they are in their life and, and everything, it does take a certain... It depends how long the relationship was. You know, if it was yeah. like I dated for like six months. We're talking about like a, a good steady like relationship. Like what, a five-year thing? I, I don't know. Like like long enough. I don't know where yeah. that like line is, but, but, but it's somewhere. It's somewhere where okay. you would consider that was like a long-term relationship. And um, I think that there may be wounds that they just haven't dealt with. I think there be, and it also takes time as well. Like you need time to be on your own. But also, you, it depends what how the relationship was, though. You don't know what the relationship. I, 
But I just think time alone is important. Yeah. Time alone is important to really understand things. And no matter, you know, you can meet someone and they can tell you things. They can say, no, this is why and this is why it didn't work. And then you can only see months later things start to seep out. And I think that in general, yeah, you may come across people where it's like, no, that was a different situation. In general, I think you should be cautious getting into something with someone who is fresh out of a relationship because there can be a lot of things there that they haven't dealt with that they can't even see yet. And what can happen is you can basically become that person's therapist, rebound, whatever it is. But then again, it it comes back down to the fact that you are just assuming the worst. Like like what we do as humans. We talked about how you have these experiences like you always think okay, well, they've just got a relationship. This is all the bad things that are going to happen. But then flip that back and what we've talked about 10 minutes ago is like, why don't you think of all the good things? If they're showing you all these good things and all the things that they're saying to you have been positive and it sounds as if they're fine, why then are you going to assume that it's going to be bad? Why not take their word for it? Like we've said, why are you not going to trust what they tell you until they give you a reason not to believe it? Why don't you keep dating them and see what happens? Because they're only showing you green flags. Then when you start seeing the red flags, then you reassess. You make a really justified point. <laughs> that was bars! That was bars. You make a justified point. You make a justified point. That was key. And then I was like, oh, But I completely disagree. What? You make a justified point. How, how you, you make a justified how, point. How are you contradicting yourself from no, no, something no, no. you just said I'm, 10 I'm, minutes I'm ago? Saying, no, I'm saying you make a justified point. What well, you're saying what you makes dis- sense. Well, what do you disagree? But I, I still just, you know, when I look at like the human experience and from what I see people go through when they have breaks, cups and like the situations that can kind of unravel from them i just still don't feel as confident dating someone who's fresh out of a relationship than like giving someone the breadth and the the time they need to feel that breakup and actually go through it i just don't there is just there's something about it that like for me and look i could be wrong i'm not saying i'm right i'm probably right but um <laughs> I, you know i very much could be wrong i'm um, yes. but there, there's something about it where I would rather give them the space they need. And there's like, there's an alarm bell that, that rings off in my mind because if someone is a fresh out of a relationship or they jump into another one, how comfortable are you being on your own? Are you just really good at being with people or do you want to be specifically with that person? Mm. Cause there are some people that come out of a relationship and they go, no, like we get along so well. Yeah. Maybe they just love having people in their life. Yeah. Maybe they just love it. Maybe they need someone in their life. Could you be replaced by fucking anyone or is it you specifically that they want to be with? And there's just, there's something in that, that, well, that, we'll just always that, sit with that's me. That's a very and, broad and question because, like, it would, it every, always just everyone's replaceable. Ev- I mean, yeah, to a sense, it's, everyone's that's, that's, that's to almost a sense. like saying like that's a soulmate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know sorry, I mean? but to but it, sorry, everyone is replaceable. But what I mean is, do they want to be with you or do they just want to be with someone? Yeah, and that's the point when when you choose to date someone, so I'm choosing to date you for you are you choosing to date me for me or because you just don't want to be on your own? And I think sometimes you can't see the difference. Yeah. But like, if you shut up, but but if you're, but if you're having, but if you're with, if you're dating someone and okay, it's hard, it's hard to even, cause we're, we don't even know what, like time frame we're talking about is straight out of relationship. Let's say dating for three, four years, broken up for four months. Four months. No. 
three or four years, four months. That's quite short. Yeah, yeah. I, like even though they could come across like I, there's something, there's yeah. something that even though they could show all these green flags, are uh, there's something also, about it that I would still be very cautious of. Yeah, but because also a, it depends. I think I think it all comes down to how what the dynamics of that long term relationship was. I think that's the biggest the biggest attribute when it comes to deciphering or deciding whether that's someone you'd like to date because it could be a great relationship like many people have come out of long-term relationships and got to the point at the end where they're like oh we're literally just friends Hmm. like there's no sexual attraction here and it's just ended i came to that with well when i broke up with my ex i think it came to that but it's like i still needed time on my own to like just be on my own yeah but like that relationship wasn't like grandiose in terms of like looking back at it like yeah there were there was a lot of stuff yeah, wrong with there's it. A lot there of was a lot of shit wrong with it i'm talking about a yeah, relationship yeah, yeah. there it was great and they just got to this isn't like actually no nah, this is not for either of us we're just riding the wave now because you've been with each other for so long so i think and the thing is you're just making the assumption that everyone's gonna have trauma everyone's gonna come out of a relationship wounded and beaten up and broken like that's not the case i wouldn't say wounded beaten up and broken but you know what i mean but that's some level of like there's there's just space you need not because yeah, of like you yeah. were beaten up by him or it no, was not toxic. Beaten up no, no 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 i'm just like <laughs> beaten or toxic or mentally whatever it yeah. is but it's just like you can be in a relationship that wasn't extremely toxic but was just so flat and dead and it just drained the energy from you that in itself yeah. is like a level of torture not because it was like above and beyond awful, but it was like, it was just meh. Mm. I was in four years of meh. There is a level of like, yeah. you know, I think you need space from that. You need to like, it's not about going out and fucking and chatting and all this kind of stuff. But there's a level of like space you need. And I think if you j- jump into the next one, I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe I, I, maybe I can't like vocalize it properly. You're, you're, but, tarn- but, you're painting but, but everyone with the same brush. But there's something. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just how I feel. It's That's just fair. how I feel. That's fair. And, um, you know, look, I think you have to, I, I can be for me, wrong. I, would I can just be take wrong. it case by case. Yeah. I mean, like you I know. could meet someone just four months out of the relationship, out of the relationship and be like, Oh, if it's been like a long, like if they've been with that person for six years and meet them after, and I meet them four months out, if they've been with their ex for six years and then I could be like, Oh no, I'm not getting the vibe here. Yeah. But then you could meet someone who's just come out of a six year relationship and the vibe could be different. And then I'm like, okay, let's see where it goes. And then just jump the hurdle when I get yeah. there. There's no point me just cutting someone off purely, purely because it's four months out of a relationship. What's the point? Why are you going to lose out on a potentially good experiences purely out of a time frame? Mm-hmm. I understand. Explore. I, I, do, I understand where you're coming from. I do understand I think where you're coming explore. from. I appreciate how you feel as well. Yeah, this is not sales, mate. <laughs> mate, life is sales. Life is sales. But, um, yeah. Yeah, well, um, We'll uh, agree to to disagree on yeah, that one. We'll reassess that one on another yeah. episode. Yeah, we need to bring we'll br- we need to bring someone in for a conversation like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe a gal. Yeah, anyone who wants to come on should bring my hairdresser on. She's a psychotherapist. Yeah. yeah, bring her on. She's uh she's up in the junction, mate. Why don't we fucking let's, let's give it a go? Yeah, I was chatting to her about it last week when I was getting my hair done. Yeah, mate, that'd be good. Yeah, she's she, good. She, is it interesting. Yeah, she is good. Yeah, you're just saying that because she's listening. No, she's no, no. from London. Oh, she's, yeah, she's probably interested. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, yeah. she's from London. Mate. London people got great chat. Uh, born in Congo. Oh, nice. Move when she was like eight or something. Yeah, nice. Yeah, she'd be good. She's got some good insights. Okay. Yeah, I'll message her. Yeah.
But anyway, thank you very much, everyone. Guys, thank you very much. As um, usual. Always a pleasure. Again, do us Never a favor. Give a like, give a share, subscribe, follow. That'd be really appreciated. This is yeah. episode 40. 40. Fucking hell. Um, excited for you guys to tune in on the next one. Peace Stay and safe. love. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.